Yo, Albert Tate Podcast Season 1 and a half. It's the remix season. It was time for me to fire myself. Nobody understands what I've had to endure to get and achieve what I've done. Don't feel embarrassed about your call. I feel like we're at this threshold of opportunity. Yo, Albert Tate Podcast. It's the remix. Uh-uh. It's the remix. Yo, Season 1 remix. We are having a ball. It's just been amazing. I'm taking the themes of season one uh, and put a little remix on them. I'm just kind of sitting back. They did all the talk in season one, season one and a half. I'm reflecting my thoughts on the conversation that I got to have with some amazing people. This particular episode that I'm recapping and kind of adding my own flavor to, I'm bringing it. Y'all have been listening. I've been getting great feedback. Y'all have been really enjoying it, and I'm I'm so thankful. This one, though, yo, was I, I had a ball. Um, got to sit with some friends, uh, Warren and Erica Campbell. Uh, was in their, uh, in their living room, um, and we had an amazing conversation. You can go back online and check on it. We had some really funny moments in, in that episode, too, um, and some really bright moments, uh, particularly Warren Campbell's pants on this episode were really bright. Uh, it, it makes you think about a weem away, a weem away, in the jungle, the mighty jungle. His pants look like a jungle. But anyway, um, we had an amazing conversation. It was all about like believing big, like God's done some big things in their life. But when I tell you they're some of the hardest working people that I've ever met um, and their commitment and their resolve uh, and their work ethic, but also an amazing faith and expectation for God to move. Um, so when we talked about believing big, I was just really inspired. One thing in particular that really sent me off on a spiral of reflection of my own is when Warren talks about starting out as a musician and, you know, he's a pre premier musician. Like he's with, he's playing for one of the hard, hottest artists that's out at that time, and that's Brandy. Uh, he's in her band, he's contributing, but inside, Warren says, I really wanna write music, I wanna produce. And he's touring with Brandy, her career is taking off, and these tours are months at a time. You look up, you've been gone a whole year, and you're touring, and you're just contributing, and it's, there are people who, who would die for that gig, like it's an amazing gig, but Warren's got something on the inside of him um, that just wants to write. So first album comes out, they tour, and I forget the sequence, but, but basically they're getting ready to go on another tour, and Warren's not, an, he doesn't have any songs on the album, um, and he's not showing up on the album as a writer. They've invited him to participate as a musician to lead the tour. And he's personal friends with Brandy. Like she's, this isn't like some work relationship. No, that's his girl, like they're friends. And Warren does this thing, and it, I mean, it tickles me, but it's fascinating. He's getting ready for rehearsal, getting ready to play, and he says to himself, I'm a writer. He says, nah, man, I'm a writer. And he packs up, and he quits. He quits the band. And he says, I am a writer. I think if you're ever going to do something big, there's a moment where you've got to declare who you are. You've got to say it out loud. And you got to say it with conviction and you got to say it in a way that no longer allows you to occupy the same space. Like if you're going to do something big, I'm talking to those today that you got a something big in your spirit. You got something big that you want to do. You got a big vision. You got a big 
passion and it's a big project. I don't know what it is. And it's big for you. For some other people may say, oh, that's small. Other people may say it's impossible. It doesn't matter how other people define your big dream. Um, it's big for you. Um, at some point, you got to declare it. You got to say, you got to say who you are, what it is. At some point, the caterpillar has got to stop being the butterfly. There's got to be a moment where you've got to stop, you got to leave Brandy, the hottest artist out there, the most consistent check he's probably ever gotten. At some point, you got to say, Brandy, I'm out. The sweetest gig, you got a gig that other people would die for. And people tell you that. When people, when you're, when you're wrestling with doing something big, other people will tell you, basically, shut up and play for Brandy. Like, yo, you got a good gig, chill. Those are naysayers, those are dream killers. Because in order to fulfill a dream, you will never become a butterfly unless you stop being a caterpillar. There's no way you ever get to produce Brandy if you just keep playing for Brandy. At some point, you've got to leave Brandy. At some point, you've got to leave that comfortable spot that you're in, that comfortable place that you're in. At some point, you've got to say, I'm a writer. I'm a business owner. I'm a singer. I'm an artist. I'm a... I'm a student. I'm going back to school. I'm a student. I'm a psychologist. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you got to announce to yourself and to anybody willing to listen who you are. I'm a writer. I'm an author. I'm a TV producer. You know what I mean? He does that, and it, 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 it inspires me to my bones. You got to leave Brandy. At some point, in order to become a butterfly, you got to stop being a caterpillar. Um, Peter is a great example of this. We see it in the gospel. Peter wants to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus is out on the water. At some point, Peter had to decide, I'm getting out this boat. I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus over there. I'm gonna follow Jesus where he is. Jesus so happens to be on the water and not in this boat. So I'm gonna walk where Jesus is and Peter gets out of the boat. You know, you got 11 cats in the boat saying, yo, uh, I don't know if that's a good look. If we just chill where we are, eventually Jesus is probably gonna come to us. You ain't got, why you gotta be all ambitious, dog? Just sit where you are and come, why you gotta mess it all up? Now you about to make us look bad. I'm sure there was a whole lot of boat talk by the boat people. But Peter had to decide, I'm not a boat person. I'm a walk on water person. I'm a follower of Jesus. And Peter gets out the boat and walks on water. Now listen, let's, let's be honest. He failed miserably. He walked on water for a little while and then he failed. If you're going to get out the boat, if you're going to do something big, if you're going to leave Brandy, I'm sure you're going to fail miserably. I'm sure you're going to fail miserably. But I'd rather fail in his will than be safe outside of his will. I'll say that again for the back, people sitting in the back. I'd rather fail in his will than be safe outside of his will and never try. Here's the coolest thing about failing in his will. He failed being where God wanted him to be, called him to be, doing what God called him to do. And when you fail that way, Notice what Jesus does in the text. 
Jesus walks over to where he's failing. So get the get the get the get the the geography here. He's not at the boat because he's walked some, right? And he's not at Jesus. So he's not at the boat or else he could have just climbed back in the boat. No, 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 no. He's away from the boat, but then he's also away from Jesus. Jesus walks over to him and does this whole thing. Your faith, come on, Peter, what happened? But then the Bible says, if you notice in the passage, it says, and then they walked back to the boat. And they got back in the boat. They got back in the boat. Now, I don't know about you, but as I think about that, I remember hearing a preacher say, (laughs) in order to get back to the boat, they must have had to walk on water again together. So in order to get back in the boat, Jesus grabbed Peter, and then Jesus and Peter walked on water together to get back in the boat. When you fail in his will, it's okay. You still get to walk on water with Jesus. You've still done way more than the boat people have ever done. They they get to watch you now fail, but also be redeemed by God. And you walked on water twice. You walked on water twice. Like people talk about, I don't don't know why I'm I'm all of a sudden speaking in soprano, but that's what happens when you get excited. Don't be a hater. Just keep listening to the podcast. He walked on water twice. Peter give, people give Peter a bad rep because he, he failed. Let me tell you something. Peter has done something that no one else has done in the history of the world. He walked with Jesus on the water and homeboy pulled it off twice. Dream big, leave Brandy, get out of the boat. And if you fall, fall in his will, doing what he said for you to do, doing being where he called you to be. Because if you fall with him, he you will rise with him. He will pick you up, you will walk on water and he'll bring you right back to the place where he's called you to be. Don't miss it, y'all. Don't miss it. You got to leave where you are. You got to announce to yourself and to the world who God has called you to be with confidence. And then you got to start walking. You got to leave the boat people. Some of you, your biggest problem is you got too many boat people in your life. You got too many boat people. Every time you share a dream, they start giving you their boat ideas and their boat reasoning and their boat logic and their boat cynicism and all of that kind of stuff. You're not interested in the boat anyway. I'm interested in walking on water. So I need some walking on water people. I need some people that are willing to walk on water or believe that it's possible and I need to surround me with them. Jesus was on the water. Why in the world would you expect boat people to prepare you for somewhere where they've never been or never going to go? Stop listening to them. Stop getting advice from them and stop taking your walk on water ideas to them. Stop allowing them to poo-poo your dreams. Get you some walk on water friends. Listen to some walk on water sermons. Get you some walk on water music and you let that inundate your soul because you're about to walk on water because God has called you to do great things. And you know why you're walking on water? Not because of more money, not because of a bigger house, but that's because where Jesus is. And I want to be where he is. And if being where he is means I got to leave where I am and walk by faith and not by sight, I'm going to get to where he is because that's where my destiny is. That's where my purpose is. That's where his promises are for my life. And I want to fulfill that. So you got to leave the boat people alone and get around some walk on water people. Learn how to sea walk. Hey, uh, hey. Finally, 
I think one of the other things is you need to realize is, is it's not the destination that's the goal, it's the journey. If you make the destination a goal, you will get there and be disappointed. And you would have passed all of the lessons along the way. You will learn quickly. And, and, and there are destinations along the journey, right? Like, like he wanted to be a writer. He says, I'm a writer. So you get your first placement on a song. But then you realize one placement doesn't save or satisfy your soul. I need another placement. Then I want to get a Grammy with that placement. So it's not like it's one thing. I want to get my business started. Oh, I got my first client. Great. Whoo, that's it. You're not going to be content with it. So, so that's not going to satisfy you. So don't make the destin. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about what you learn along the way. And what you will learn along the way, especially when you're walking with God, I'm not talking about those of you that are, are just driven and you just want to accomplish things in life. No, I'm talking about those of you that have been godly inspired to become who he has called you to be, to be what God has called you to be. I'm talking about the God-inspired, driven purpose and calling. Once you've accepted that, the, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Here's why. There's breakthrough, there's revelation, there's wholeness, there's contentment, there's, there's, there's restoration and redemption, all found in the journey. It's all found in the journey. What I learned in the journey, I wanted to preach, I wanted to speak, I wanted to use my, my, my gift of speaking and I mean, I'm, honestly, I wanted to speak to thousands of people. And this is when I was a small, I uh, had a small church in Mississippi, pastoring 14, 15 people. It is that moment, this, this flunk out of high school, the GED, that guy wanted to speak to hundreds, if not thousands. At that point in my life, I had spoken to maybe my largest crowd was probably two, 300 people. Um, and seeing people come to Jesus and seeing people inspire, like that's what, that's what I had seen. Um, and I just wanted to do that on a massive level. I, I'd see these, and I, and I just did, I just did. And I had a dream of speaking to thousands. And I moved to Southern California. And I'll never forget the church that I was working at. Um, it had about four to 6,000 people that would come through on a weekend. And I got to preach. I never forget the preaching. I never forget preaching four to 5,000 people. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life the energy, the interaction, and then the response for that many people to respond to the gospel and to say yes to Jesus. I remember going to a youth conference that had thousands of youth. It was unbelievable to see them respond to the gospel. People with tears and the testimonies, all the testimonies of people saying that life had been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be clear, I know that it wasn't me. If there was another speaker that night, they would have had the same response. I was just moved that I was, be able, to be, I was able to be used by God as a conduit of his grace to extend an invitation. Then uh, one year we did Easter at the Hollywood Bowl and there I was at the Hollywood Bowl. 13, 14,000 people at the Hollywood Bowl, and there I am on the stage with a microphone in front of my face. I spoke at the Hollywood Bowl. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then uh, the Global Leadership Summit, which I think is probably, 
It's, I think it's, I think it is the largest Christian gathering that year. I think it was about 300 and something thousand people watching in some, some shape, form or fashion all across the world. I'm telling you, I got letters from Pakistan, from Russia, from places all across the world where people watched in Africa. You can only imagine that night in Chicago after speaking to hundreds of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. I had a sobering moment. I mean, to be honest, it was almost slightly laced with discouragement because I looked up and I was talking to God and I said, Lord, I think that's, that's it. Like my wildest dreams have come true. And at that point, I wasn't even 40 years old yet. I, I thought, Lord, my biggest dreams have come true. They've happened. I've spoken to, I, and it's almost like, am I about to die? Because this is it. And I heard the Lord say to me so clearly, Albert, now that we've gotten your dreams out the way, let's start to pursue mine. It's like my brain exploded. God says, now that we got your dreams out of the way, let's start going after mine. It's not about the destination, it's about the journey because while you're on the journey, he'll show you that your dreams were always too small and that he always had bigger for you. And bigger was always better than you could have ever curated. So along the journey, you realize a destination was the catalyst to get you active and to get you up and to get you awake and alive. The store was just a catalyst to get you thinking about entrepreneurship. But along the journey, he gives you a vision that's greater than anything you could have ever accomplished on your own. He gives you his dreams, his hopes for the kingdom, for his glory. And it's always bigger than what you imagined because he does exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power, to the participation and the work of the Holy Spirit that's working in you. All I'm trying to say is, Believe big, leave brandy. I'm a writer, declare who you are. You've got to get out of the space of the caterpillar in order for you to become the butterfly. You need a new space. And don't let the boat people talk you out of what you were created to do. And that's go where Jesus is. Oh, by the way, that requires walking on water. That's not too big for God. So that means it's not too big for you. And don't make the destination the goal, make the journey. Peter learned a lot between the boat and getting to Jesus. Don't miss the lessons, because what you will discover, walking on water was just the destination that he used to get, to, to get you to the bigger thing. And that was walking with Jesus, regardless of where he is. Peter was here, he'd tell you, it wasn't about walking on water, it was about being where Jesus was. Walking on water was the first step, and it was enticing. But I learned that in my failure, Jesus is there. In my success, Jesus is there. Wherever I am, wherever he is, that's where I wanna be. And that's what I learned on the journey. I didn't learn that by getting to the destination. So friends, believe big and enjoy every step of the journey.
Stadia is a church planning organization whose vision is to see a world where every child has a church. Though our vision is God-sized, our mission is simple, to plant churches that intentionally care for children. Called and affirmed leaders who plant with Stadia are demonstrating what it means to plant churches that don't simply survive, but thrive. 90% of U.S. churches planted by Stadia are still engaged in their mission on their fifth birthday. And globally, more than 40,000 children have been sponsored as a result of U.S. churches partnering with our high-impact, like-minded partners. But we won't stop until every child has a church. There are more children needing churches right now than ever before. 8,600 new churches need to be planted every year in the United States alone in order to keep up with population growth. That translates to tens of thousands of churches globally. But we don't need only more churches. We need better churches. In the U.S., 3,700 churches close their doors every single year. And globally, many obstacles get in the way of the long-term success of churches. Stadia is committed to meeting the needs of children around the world by planting more and better churches. In the U.S., we now share our portfolio of services with open-handed generosity, providing services with no strings attached to planters, organizations, denominations, and networks so that more churches can be planted than ever before. We pray that our generosity may spur others to invest in church planting, both in the U.S. and around the world. We're honored to be a part of the church planting journey, and we anxiously look forward to seeing how God will work to transform the landscape of communities in the United States and around the globe. And we promise we won't stop until every child has a church. If you want to learn more, go to stadiachurchplanning.org.